Legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Well, my name is Gary Michaels, and welcome to Let's Talk Legacy. We're really excited about our guest today, Mr. Tom Hubler. He's an author, a speaker, a family business consultant, and owner of Hubler for Business Families. He's also a founding member and fellow of the Family Firm Institute in Boston, a professional organization serving the needs of family business professionals. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks, Gary. Let's dig right in. So you really got started on this path in 1980 when you made a a shift from working as a therapist to beginning a career as a family business consultant, correct? That's true. There's a little bit of an overlap between the two. There is. Therapy basically revolves around solving a, a clinical, what's called a clinical issue. And working with family businesses requires you to be able to talk about difficult things in a positive way. There are some really difficult things to talk about in terms of uh, family businesses. And one of the issues is, uh, there, well, there are two main ones. One is the failure to have a plan and then avoidance. And they avoid talking about the emotional issues and they inadvertently create the very problem they're trying to avoid, which is family disharmony, by not talking about business issues that are normal that erode family relationships if they're not purposeful and positive about uh, maintaining and building what I call building the emotional equity of their family while they're building the equity of the company. What made you want to dig deeper into that? Well, what happened was uh, the history was that I, I got a Bush fellowship and the Bush Foundation is a 3M foundation to help people with mid-career uh, development. And I got it by saying that mental health professionals don't do within their own systems what they teach their clients to do, which is true. It was a brilliant idea, and I got to go to school again and all of that, but it never dawned on me that the nonprofits don't have any money to pay for those kinds of services. So So then I began to do work for law firms and physician groups that have a terrible time managing their differences. And in the early 80s, I was in Cleveland to deliver a paper to conference. accidentally came across an unpublished paper on family-owned businesses, And I read it on the airplane coming back to Minneapolis and said, this is a much better blend of our backgrounds. And so we were in the forefront and pioneers with a couple of other people to develop the whole concept of consulting to family businesses. And part of what drives has driven me is the challenge of, you know, maintaining a successful business and at the same time, close, loving, caring family relationships. And it's a challenge. How did you get started did you did you advertise like i'm i help family businesses <laughs> you know that's a great question because you know we had to teach people essentially about family businesses because they were unaware of the fact that there were services available so luckily we had an article that appeared in a twin cities business magazine that the wife of the editor was a writer and wrote the wrote the article. And as a result of that, you know, that became like a calling card. Then in addition to that, we had a client in like 1987 that appeared in the uh, magazine, the New York Sunday magazine. 
And so that's what all you know got us started. And then we did seminars, basically uh, calling upon people and did seminars and pro- programs like that. And you were one of the only people at the time that focused on family businesses, huh? When we first started, there was one university program at the University of Pennsylvania at Wharton, and there was only a handful of people in the country. There was nobody here in the Twin Cities. You know, we, we started the what's called the Family Firm Institute in the mid-80s, and now there's like a couple of thousand people who are working internationally with family businesses. Hmm. Now, what constitutes a family business? If a husband and wife start a business, is that a family business or is it more generation to generation? How do you guys define what a family business is? You know, I, w- I would define it like a, hu- a husband wife is a family business. And generally speaking, you know, when I wrote in my book, I basically said that, you know, nobody, most people don't start out to have a family business. It's an entrepreneur who has an idea and then he says to his wife, would you keep the books for me, dear? And all of a sudden, they're they're working together. And then all of a sudden, the kids are emptying wastebaskets and mowing the lawn on weekends. In the old days, family businesses were a second-class career. But more recently, in the last 30 or 40 years, they have become a career of choice. And so that there are younger generation adult children who are looking forward to joining their parents or working in the, in the family business. And it's a, it's a first-class uh, job opportunity. So now that you're a nationally recognized expert on family businesses. What sort of challenges do you see on a regular basis in this space? When you think about a family business, what makes them successful for the most part is the overlap between the family and the business system. And if you could imagine two circles, a family circle and a business circle, and they're separate, and that's what it's like for you and I if we don't work in a family business. But in the family business, they're overlapped, and the overlap determines whether or not they're successful or not. The degree to which they're overlapped is what causes the problem. And and so that, that when they're overlapped a lot, that creates a challenge. And so I say to clients, I say, in order to create a successful family business, you have to have balance. And the way you create balance is to have structure and formality. And they say to me, Tom, we don't need all that structure and formality because we love each other. And then I say to them, uh, because you love each other, you need structure and formality. And so the challenges are to create the necessary structure and formality to help them be successful. And it includes an ownership plan, a management and leadership plan, a business plan, and a family plan about how you're going to be a family without the undue influence of the business so that you can you know, you can maintain your family harmony and family get-togethers and family rituals and all the family things that are important to all of us, and at the same time have a successful uh, business. What are some of the strengths of having a family business? Well, first of all, your name on the door, you know, the, the fact that you control your environment and you can you can provide a service or a product that you've created or, you know, are, are doing. And you can make a tremendous commitment to the community in terms of employment or philanthropy. Most people don't realize, you know, the, the family businesses, first of all, are, are the most predominant form of business in the country. And they're the backbone of our economy. And they're, they're the source of a lot of philanthropy and generosity that goes into making our communities successful. I'm thinking about several people that I know that have family businesses. And is it healthy to be talking work all the time when you're with the family? Or how do you give people advice on when you're working, but also when you're not talking to shop? Right. So there needs to be boundaries and there needs to be balance. And you know, uh, one of the first things I do you know, if I were coming home from work, is my wife says, well, what happened at the office today, dear? That type of thing. 
and we all talk about our our businesses and our work and what we're doing to to have a fulfilling uh, work life. But at the same time, there's a balance. That's not the only thing we talk about. And in family-owned businesses, uh, one of the issues is how do you maintain that balance? And so there needs to be, again, some sort of a plan about what you're going to do and limit the amount of time that you spend talking about your business relationship so that it doesn't erode your family relationship. And so, for instance, like a father-son, or it could be a father-daughter too, for that matter, but you know, they spend all their time talking about their father-son relationship or daughter relationship in regard to the business. And what happens is they lose their, their personal relationship, their, their family relationship. So the idea is you want to create balance and you want to you know, be proactive and positive on the family side to make sure that you maintain those personal relationships. So from what I understand, conflict resolution is a big focus of your work. Yes. What are some of the most common conflicts that, that you see? What are some things that you coach them so they could avoid those blowups, shall we say? There's a handout that I give to clients. It's called Managing from the Heart. And the H is to hear and understand me. And so that understanding and, and listening is a critical issue. And most people don't do a good job of listening. It's the communication skill we use the most, but have the least amount of education. The majority of people don't have, or have never had, a class on listening. And then the second area is the uh, the E is, even if we disagree, please don't make me wrong. And so that you and I can have different perceptions about the issue or the concern, and it's okay to do that and not make each other wrong or bad. And then the A is to acknowledge the greatness within me. And you know, one of the things that I have is a David Letterman list of what I would call the 10 obstacles to succession planning. And when I do presentations, I'll ask people, well, what, what do you think the number one issue is? And then, well, it's taxes, it's money, it's this, that, whatever. But the number one issue is the lack of expression of appreciation, recognition, and love. And so, so that's the, so that A, to acknowledge the greatness within me, people generally take each other for granted and don't tell each other how much they appreciate each other. And then the R is to remember to look for my loving intentions. And nobody gets up in the morning and says, how can I go down to the office and screw up my family or my business, that type of thing. Nobody does that. And then the T is to tell me the truth with compassion. So I believe in honesty, openness, and candor about everything, but it needs to be done with kindness, care and respect. And there's a woman named Angelus Arian. She's a cultural anthropologist who wrote a book called The Fourfold Way. And she talks about the rules that to live from a cultural point of view, the rules we need to live by in today's society. And her third rule was to be able to tell me the truth with, uh, without judgment, criticism, or blame. Those are the critical issues. It's communication, management differences. And another one I would add is uh, forgiveness. You can't be in a family with people you love and not inadvertently step on each other's toes once in a while. It happens all the time with people we love, and, and we need to be able to forgive each other. And families that are able to do that, they prosper, basically. Interesting. That's that's powerful stuff. It's a simple concept. I think it's easier said than done sometimes, though, right? Well, we again, we, we get so busy in family businesses anyway, we get so busy doing the business, we forget about the importance of, of the things that we just talked about. Right. Right. What is the value in understanding the family origin beyond maybe just the people involved in the business? Uh, basically, depending upon you know your perspective and your education, and my education in particular, there was a guy named Murray Bowen who was a pioneer in family therapy in the 50s, and he developed a concept that indicated that you know things that happen in today's 
and today in our family is a function of what happened one or two generations ago. So the idea is you want to you know you want to understand the the system or the concept about how people resolve differences or how they express appreciation to each other and understand the history. And Soren Kierkegaard, who was a Danish existential philosopher, said life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And so the idea is that um, we need to embrace our history in order to go forward. There's a paradox there. Uh, there's another thing I, I mention sometimes when I'm doing seminars. It's the um, movie Zorba the Greek. Are you familiar with that? I am. Mm -hmm. It's a family business story about a guy who's an English literature professor who inherits a mine, a bauxite mine from his father. And he's traveling over to Greece and he's in Athens and he's on the docks and he meets a guy named Zorba who is a roustabout who cons him into running the mine. And they're sailing over to uh, Crete and getting to know each other. And Alan Bates, who is the uh, English literature professor, says to Zorba, he said, Zorba, are you married? And Zorba said, am I not a man? I have the wife, the kids, the house, the full catastrophe. And in the, uh, in, in the book called Full Catastrophe Living, John Kabat-Zinn talks about the importance of embracing your, your pain or your negativity or whatever. And the idea is, is that if you could embrace your history, you have the, the opportunity to go forward. And the last line of the film in Zorba is, Zorba, will you teach me how to dance? Will you teach me how to embrace life? Because Zorba would, would uh, every time there was a disaster with this mine, and there was one after another, he would dance and celebrate all of that. And the idea is you want to embrace your history so you can go forward. So that's the reason for getting into history. And essentially, when I taught at the University of St. Thomas, one of the books I used to recommend is The Way We Never Were, which is a book about how we all mythologize our history, even when it's positive. Most people don't have a clue about their history beyond their, their grandparents sometimes. Some people don't even have the history past their parents. That's right. That's true. Uh, they, I mean, they know it in a, maybe I've seen a few pictures or a few stories, but really the deeper meaning. Right. I think it often, you get to the point where you don't know that much about your family until someone passes and you regret that you didn't know more. Right. That's true. Something you say it's important in family business is is a shared vision, but individual talents and different things that, that people have sometimes play into that. So talk to us about how to come together with a common vision when people bring different strengths to the table. Uh, one of the things I talk about in the work that I do is helping the boss be successful. And whenever I mention the boss, everybody thinks I'm talking about their parents. And I say, sorry, mom and dad, I've just demoted you. You're, you're no longer the boss around here. And so it's an acronym. And the B is for the business. So what do we need to do to take care of the business? So that's really important. And then the O is even more important. The O is what do you want for the other about what the other wants? And so like, uh, like for you and I, what do I want for you if we were partners in the business together? What do I want for you about what you want? And you need to know that I'm committed to helping you be successful. And the idea is to have a reciprocal commitment to each other's success. And that's what creates a team is people committed to helping each other be successful. Then the first S is what do you want for yourself as an individual? And uh, it's important to be able to articulate that, but you can't have a team if people only think about what they want for themselves. And so that's the reason for the common vision, to unite families so that they can work together around their common vision. And then the last S is, what do you want for the other stakeholders, which I would define as the family as a whole, the employees, the customers, the vendors, the board. And so the goal is to create win-win solutions that would honor the boss to help you become a vision-driven family-owned business 
as opposed to problem focused. And so the idea is the vision becomes the castle in the air that you are working toward. And then the work, you know, providing the foundation is the work that we do to help them be successful. And so the family is, you know, from my perspective, is, is inspired by that common vision to make contributions to the common good. And that's how you create unity in a, in a family business or in a family or any organization is by making contributions to the common good out of your love, your generosity, and your sense of abundance and the trust that if I make a contribution now, you'll do the same thing when your turn comes because we're all going to have turns in the family business. Yeah. It's really interesting because a lot of these concepts go to a family unit in marriage, whether you're in business or not. That's it. Yes, you're absolutely right. Really, really good stuff. It all ties together. It really does. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I talk about in the book, you know, the book that I wrote, which was The Soul of Family Business, A Practical Guide to Family Business Success and a Loving Family. The idea is that you, you, you can be proactive and positive and make this a reality. So for families that are doing quite well for themselves, you also emphasize not only finding a path towards making more money, but also towards gratitude, philanthropy, and having purpose. Yes. Which is so important. Why are these important towards continued success? Well, happiness in life is a function of understanding your purpose in life and wrapping your life around that. That's number one. And then the whole notion of gratitude, uh, the expression of gratitude for the blessings of your life is a central uh, component of, of life in general. So, you know, having an opportunity to do that is really important because it develops a connection that otherwise wouldn't exist when you're able to do that. Yeah. Just hearing you talk today, Tom, I can tell that, that you're a thinker you enjoy giving back to others. I absolutely can tell that legacy is important to you. Yes. What does legacy mean to you in general? You know, the way I look at it is it's your gift to the future to help others find success. It's really self, family, work, and community. And so the idea is that you know, you, you want to you know create a plan to be able to do that. And, and in the work that I do with family businesses, you know, entrepreneurs are driven by their dreams. And so they need to, you know, and, you know, but I refer to this now as the last challenge of, entrepreneur, of entrepreneurship. And the idea is to develop a dream in relation to work, family, leisure time, philanthropy, community, that type of thing, and be able to, to, to perpetuate, you know, your values and live beyond your, your actual years through your legacy, through your family or whatever, the community, that type of thing. And it's so important to family businesses, right? Yes. Is there ever a time that family businesses are in this and know that at a certain time they're going to stop the business? Or is the usual intention of the family business to go on forever? It all depends. Some some wanna you know, some basically wanna go on forever and their goal is to do that. And you know, like they're, you know, they're, they they could be like a hundred year old family business. Others sometimes decide the best thing to do is to sell, and it has to do with you know what their goals are, what their values are, what they want to accomplish, and whether it's in their mutual best interest to either keep or sell the business. Got it. But the issue here, like, and to some extent uh, that you're alluding to, at least in my opinion, is the notion of pride. There's a tremendous amount of pride in knowing that our family is doing A, B, and C in our community and uh, in providing jobs and, and leadership and, and things like that. You've talked a lot about how legacy ties into family businesses and even into your business. What does legacy mean to you personally? 
Well, first of all, it's not something you should wait until you're 65 to start thinking about. Yeah, I know. So I started thinking about it when, like, I have seven grandkids, and the first grandchild, when she was born, her first Christmas present was a enrollment at a book club. So uh, all of my grandkids, when they were born, joined a book club. And my daughter said to me, what? I can't handle all these books. She had four kids, and so she was getting all these books. So that was one, that's one area. The second area that I uh, was thinking about uh, proactively was the issue of money. Money is a big issue in, in families in general and family businesses specifically. And so when this oldest grandchild, Kaylee is her name, was six years old, they were living in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. And so I went up there and I said, hey, Kaylee, there are a lot of kids who don't have enough money for this, that, and the next thing. And from now on, every time I give you a gift, I'm going to uh, give you a share check. And she said, Grandpa, does this mean I'm not going to get my Christmas present? I said, no, Kaylee, you'll always get your present, but you'll also get this share check. So fast forward now, Kaylee is completing second grade, and she calls me up and says, Grandpa, I need some money. And I said, well, what for? She said, well, I'm involved in the Heart Association Jumpathon. I thought, yes, yes, yes. And um, and so I said to, to her, how much money do you need? And she says, well, I don't know, Grandpa. And I said, well, would 10 bucks be enough? She said, well, that's wonderful, Grandpa. Now I've got 100 bucks. So here was my little second grade granddaughter doing philanthropic things, developing positive money memories and a sense of gratitude for her blessings. And so I've done that with all of my grandkids. What do you mean by share check? So like, for instance, now, when Kaylee was completing second grade, I changed the formula to share, save, spend. And a share check basically is a check that you give to something, some nonprofit or something in the community. And uh, and then share, save, spend is share, you share, then save, and then spend. And the formula that, that she and her, her parents came up with was 40% share, 50% save, and 10% she got to spend. And so the idea is that kids get 3,000 messages a day to spend money, and there's no antidote to that. So I wanted to make sure that they developed a positive attitude about money and gratitude. That is wonderful. I'm sure a lot of us parents, I have a 15-year-old daughter, could learn something with that. So like my daughter's kids, like for instance, they, you know, they, um, they pooled their money and they gave it to the Humane Society and then they bought some kitties. So that was one of the things that they did. So I got one last question for you. Many of the principles we've discussed are lay, laid out in your book, The Soul of Family Business. Tell us a little bit about the book and where listeners can find it. It's available on Amazon. And basically the book is a formula for talking about the very things that we've been talking about today. It's all chucked into the book in terms of, of developing a plan for uh, success, both in terms of business and family and what you can do in terms of communication, management differences. There's a thing about a family forgiveness ritual in there. And gratitude is all part of the book. And if someone needs to reach you, they have a family business and they want to maybe get some advice or coaching from you, um, have you work with them in some way or guide them in the right direction, how would people reach you? It's tomhubler.com is my website. I'm available uh, by telephone. 612-508-9317. And, uh, you know, I've got a website that has multiple articles that people can download if they're curious, if they don't, you know, they don't, if they don't want to buy the book. There's about, you know, 60 articles on my website, that type of thing that I've written. Well, thank you for joining us today. Well, Gary, thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. 
You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.